Welcome to Business Leader Breakthroughs, where we help unlock the potential in you, your teams, and your business. I'm your host, Ryan Castle, along with Dr. Mike Ashby. We share insights, experiences, and stories on achieving breakthrough success in business and life. To learn more, click the link in the episode show notes or go to thebreakthrough.co. Now let the breakthroughs begin. Mike, I think we should uh, take a bit of a personal view of the world on today's podcast. Mm -hmm. We uh, know and work with a lot of business leaders and we put a lot of focus into achieving in the business environment, Uh, but equally we have some core philosophies in everything that we've worked with with our our clients and uh, our number one, which we've talked about before, is health, family and work. In that order. In that order is the the key key bit and we've seen... Uh, many people who might be able to put a great big tick box in the business uh, or the work box going you know career business profit however we measure that is going going very well but if they're not succeeding in the health and family zone then uh, life can get a little bit uh, challenged yeah yeah and and look you know we've got uh, it gets it, it gets philosophical very quickly but you get down to well, what are you here for you know what's your purpose and I remember watching um, an interview with Douglas Myers, who headed Lion Nathan. He was a he was a brilliant businessman. He was pretty he was pretty brutal, pretty ruthless. And and in the interview, he's uh, he had very cold blue eyes, mm. very steely blue. And uh, and I don't know exactly what happened, but when the interviewer uh, asked him the question, and he started saying, "My son," and then he just choked up and he just teared up. And it was kind of you know for all that money and all that success. Man, that's that's hurting. Whatever's gone on there, that's hurting. Yeah. So it's a kind of reminder, uh, and we've always been observant about that. You know, we're people. We're here for a purpose. We're uh, we are, uh, you know, heart, soul, mind, and hands. We're all of those things, and let's let's take care of that in our in our work environment. And we've been talking about that for well since we started. You know, and, and back in two thousand and three, that piece has been really important to us. Yeah. Mm. And we meet a lot of HR leaders, people leaders mm. that are now uh, focused on employee experience, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, making sure that they can create good engagement in their organisations. Mm. And we know that uh, health and flexibility and these things are important elements of, of engagement. But a piece that I often reference with clients we work with comes from a fantastic book by a palliative care nurse called Bronnie Ware. She's from Australia and she wrote a very insightful book called The Top Five Regrets of the Dying. Yep, she was in uh, palliative care for about 20 years and she spent a lot of time with people in their last hours and she had these conversations with yeah, people about, yeah. you know, about what did they regret as people as people faced the, the end of their time. Yeah. And we've used it a lot, actually, going back years. It always kind of gets people, it just stops people and goes, hmm, yeah, okay. And so the first one is, and, and most profound, I suppose, is I wish I'd lived my life instead of the life others wanted me to live. And people go, oh, yeah, how much of what I'm doing is actually for and about other people as opposed to myself. Now, you know, being with other people and living a life with other people and kind of accommodating and allowing and acknowledging and appreciating other people, that's totally part of our lives, right? Sure. It's, it's not that we kind of exist on our own in a, com- in a completely self-focused mm. way. It's very much about connection with others. Yes. 
But at the same time, if you've gone for the career that your parents thought you should have, if you've married the person that your friends or society thought you should marry, if you've lived in the place where da-da-da-da, you know, if you've actually gone down a track that's been laid down by your, what you think others want you to do, not necessarily what they want you to do, but what you yes. think, yes. then whose life is it? Hmm. And that's, you know, for some people particularly, uh, you know, the kind of the midlife crisis that we hear about is, is a real thing. Mm. And it is a piece where people go, oh, uh, what about me? And often women, particularly when the children have left home, because that, oh, yeah. where's my life now? Yeah. Um, my identity, who am, who am I now? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, men have moments, particularly men at the age of 43, mm-hmm. as I've told you before, you know, kind of, this is when a lot of men go, hmm. I'm tired of creating value for this organisation, you know. I look up and, and actually, well, can I say this? You can. Okay, when I look up, all I see is assholes. Uh-huh. Um, and I look down and kind of, I don't want to be here anymore. And that's a version of not wishing to live the life others want me to live, the safe, the predictable, the yes. kind of, the, you know. And I don't think this has to be uh, so momentous that you've got to chuck the job and no. sell the house, go and live in, in Bali for a year to find yourself. Mm. Hey, if that's, if that's your approach, then, you know, all the power to you. Yeah, so you're on the beach. You know, a good example, we had a uh, client who had bought an engineering business. Uh, as the owner of the business, he felt he should be in a general management, you know, kind of role mm. running the business. So mm. he spent all his time in the office mm. dealing with the things that a business owner deals with. And on reflection, he was like, I really like being an engineer. Yeah. So we helped him reframe the business. We brought in a general manager, helped him bring general manager in, who was way better skilled, way better desire and appetite to actually run general management for the business. And he got back down onto the floor and was an engineer. Loved it. His employees could see the passion again. He had so much knowledge to give and and share in the engineering capacity that he he went back there and he was back living... You know, it was a tweak, but it was the version of yeah, life that he life wanted he to be wanted. living, yeah, not what yeah, others expected yeah. him to be. So important, so important. Okay. Yeah. A roll on from that is the second regret that Bronnie Ware talks about, mm. which is, I just wish I hadn't worked so hard. <laughs> yeah. You know, and uh, we probably don't need to spend a lot of time explaining explaining that one. Nobody lay on their deathbed wishing they'd spent more time at the office. Correct, yeah. correct. To be clear, we're not saying work, uh, you shouldn't work with intensity yeah. or with energy, yeah. but don't let it consume your world. Yeah. You know, yeah. while you're while you're on at work, go hard. That's right. uh, but make sure you spend some spend some time doing the other things that you love yeah. as well. Yeah, I uh, I sometimes think of my dog actually. In fact, I was watching this morning. We were being invaded by the gardener and the electrician coming to do that, and there was a courier and oh man, she was she was. So what happens is she barks like crazy. She's not a big dog, as you know. No, she's barely even a dog. Be- even a dog. I don't think she has the legs for it. No. I think it's the problem. Yeah. But when she's, so then she's, you know, she's fully on when there's, when there's, when the gate goes or when she can sense people, she's fully on and kind of bright ass and ready. And then the rest of the time, yes. down. You know, I mean, yes. if you work like a dog, you're not, well, you wouldn't work that long. Yes. Work very hard. It's yes. very intense, those moments mm. when she barks herself off her feet. But it's not for long. And that's not a bad way of thinking about it. You and know, it's kind of when yeah. you're working, work. When you're playing, play. I like it. Uh, the third regret from Bronnie Ware was, I wish I'd expressed my feelings. Mm. 
And mm. I think there's the obvious ones of telling more people that you love them, mm. that they uh, bolstered your life and they lift you up, you know, those, mm. those kind, of, kind of things. Um, but also I think in our broader context of community and work, actually sharing the love a bit more, yeah. telling people that you value them, telling people that they make a really great contribution to your life and your, your world. Mm. Mm. Look, it doesn't have to be momentous, but I think actually just telling people you appreciate them is a really powerful thing. And it, and it doesn't have to be gushy. You know, no. I think we have a kind of a cultural fear of being too gushy. But I think the idea of if you have an instinct to say something about your feelings, you should probably listen to that rather than suppress it. And I think the whole point is if you keep repressing that stuff, you know, whether it's resentment or whether it's love, either way, mm-hmm. you know, if you repress that stuff, it will come back. Um, Eckhart Tolle talks about what you resist grows stronger, what you accept, you move beyond. Expressing your feelings is a way of getting that stuff out and being free in it, you know, and it's it's a great feeling. Mm. It's a great feeling. It is. And similar uh, inspiration. I love you, Ryan. <laughs> I love you too, Mike. <laughs> we'll, we'll hug out after, after this. Yeah. Yeah, which will be more my uh, yeah, expression yeah. of feeling yeah, than yours, yeah, but yeah, that's yeah, okay. I'll, I'll be all right. <sighs> we, is that what we mean by the next one? Staying in touch with friends? Uh, yeah. yeah. Physical touch, maybe, yeah. sometimes. Uh, look, I, I often ask our clients, you know, think of someone that you were really great friends with, and yeah. it might be back at school, it might be in early stages of your work, you know, whenever it was, uh, and have you, have you been in contact with them recently? And every single person can mm. think of someone and go, man, they used to be my best buddy, mm. my best friend, we used to hang out, they were mm. a really great person, and we're, we've lost touch. Mm. And we all know why that happens, uh, but this was the regrets that people lay on the deathbed and talked yeah. about. We're going, yeah. wow, there was that really awesome friend. If yeah. I had have just made maybe a bit more effort to stay in touch. I have a, a group of friends, three guys that mm. I went right through school with. Yeah. Uh, fortunately, all our uh, wives get on famously and are, are good good friends. Uh, we're known as the Little League because we were all short asses at right. school. Right. So, uh, look, every year we would normally do sort of three to four dinners out yeah. and we do one or two weekends away as a, yeah. as a group. And look, it's everyone's the rest of the time, very little contact. Everyone's got their own circles and things mm. things going on. But those four to six mm. times a year we get together and it j- has just kept such a strong bond That's for fantastic. our friendships. Yeah. Amazing. I admire that. I mean, I'm, I don't have, uh, I have a, a small number of very close friends rather than, rather than a large circle. I don't know if you can imagine why that would be. No. So, Should um, we talk about introversion no, and extroversion? We don't, no, we don't know. Learned extroverts okay. and things yeah, like that. Yeah. But, uh, I'm conscious of it, and yet at the same time I go, well, you know, uh, the contact I have with the small number uh, is enough. And, and it's the, the most important thing is just, just to be mindful of how much do you want. It's part of the life well lived, you know. Sure. It's as simple as that. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and you don't have to be kind of, oh, if I don't have lots of friends, I'm going to kind of, you know, be miserable. That ain't the case. It's, it, but it is what works for you and that sure. self-awareness about yeah. what works. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Great. And look, the last one is, I just wish I'd let myself be happy. Mm. And my, my take on this is uh, what we would talk more broadly about is the practice of gratitude. I think we can spend a lot of time wishing and hoping for the things that we're going to receive or that we're going yeah. to get or we're going to achieve in the future. I wish I had that better car, bigger house, next overseas holiday, whatever. Yeah. Actually practicing some gratitude for what you have right now. You know, I have a roof over my head. I've got a beautiful family. I've got clothes on my back. I've got a full tummy. Uh, you know, these things. And again, we've seen research time and time again, the simple practice mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. Uh, if you're in a tough spot, and I just mean a bit stressed out or going, oh, this is yeah. a bit challenging, yeah. sitting down and writing 10 things you're grateful for, 
right here, right now. It's a great boost. Boost yeah. your energy, boost your mindset. Yeah. You're in a way. If you hear yourself saying, I'll be happy when, Mm-mm. then you're not letting yourself yep. be happy. Yep. And, and we know that actually that practice of gratitude is uh, when used with people who are suffering from depression, it's more effective than medication and psychotherapy combined. Wow. Just getting into the habit of looking for what's working in their lives, what's good in their lives, uh, is, is just a massive boost. So it's, it's kind of, and, and you know, the Buddhist tradition is about um, attachment, being too attached to either things you've got now or things you might want to have instead of going, this is it and it's perfect. Mm. You know, that's, that's the first step. This is it and it's perfect. Mm. Acceptance. Mm. So what's the one thing you couldn't give up that you're attached to? Oh, I'm, I am pretty attached to success. There's a wonderful framework called the Enneagram, which has been really interesting to me. And I'm a, an achiever, which surprised me a little bit. And, I, and then I realized, oh, yeah, actually, I do a thing about success. I do think, oh, when I've got that, you know, I project out when, I, when we've done this. When we're, and, you know, I find that I always am projecting out when this, when this, when this. But because I know that, I also go, that's true. That will be fun. I will be happy then. But I'm also happy now. And that's because I've got, you know, I live in this country, I have this wonderful job, this wonderful business, these wonderful colleagues, wonderful family, wonderful wife, Mm -hmm. you know, and then you just go, yeah, that's good. Good job. So team, that's a wrap for today's podcast. Uh, Think about that when you're giving some context, not only to your business goals, but also what life might look like uh, over the short, medium and long term. Uh, Have a look at Bronnie Ware's top five regrets of the dying. We'll put some details in the show notes. And uh, it's a really good framework just to think about where you're at in your zone. Thanks for joining us. Cheers.